All right, hello everyone. It's Papa Hector here. We're at Spiritual Table Talk. Today's topic is you're suffering. You're not suffering. <laughs> oh, so you're not suffering. And it's me, Care, Mambo J, Miss Lele, Miss Gina, and Ty. And as always, like, comment, follow, subscribe, Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, or your favorite podcast app. So yeah, you want to start since we were talking about this. This is how we got came on the topic. Okay, so it's a question. I don't know how it, where it goes. It says, I just was wondering if, if suffering is an illusion. Right? Then what about the actual feelings that we feel from the events? Wouldn't you be, let's say, depressed because of the things you've been through? Because you have actually been through them? I mean, staying in depression. I understand. But. So suffering an illusion? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Because she asked me, right? What did you ask me specifically? I asked you if, um, why suffering an illusion? Yeah, and I said suffering's in your mind. Yes. Suffering is just in your mind. And I said, well, why would that be if, you know, if it's based off of experiences that we've been through? Because you're confusing pain with suffering. Agreed. I could say suffering. Okay. Pain is is an actual sensation you feel, Mm -hmm. and you feel during the experience. Suffering is the story you told yourself about that experience that you choose to continue to carry on. That doesn't, I'm not invalidating anyone's suffering, okay? It's the story you continue to carry on. Now, when you continue to replay that, it's going to bring back the same pain sensations. However, the truth is, you're choosing to re-bring up those pain sensations by carrying that in your mind. Your mind is what creates the suffering. Pain is real. Suffering is not real. So let it all be transient. Hmm? Let it all be transient. Yeah, because everything is transient. Like nothing, nothing lasts forever. Like no vibration lasts forever. Like, I'll give you a perfect example. I broke my leg in three places. I should have, I could have been like, oh my God, my life is over. I can't wear heels no more. But that's not the narrative I told myself. I was like, I'm good. I'm alive. Moving on. You know what I mean? So I didn't, I never suffered because I didn't put myself in that. No, but you had pain. I had pain. Of course you had pain. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. But you didn't suffer because of the pain, right? Because suffering is how you keep. Is that, see, you're very addicted to it. Mm-hmm. Why? S- suffering. Why? Why? Because it's, like a comfort zone. it's a comfort zone because you know that. But aside from the comfort zone, it, it, if you know how to play it well, it may get you a lot of empathy, sympathy from others, exclusions, inclusions, mm-hmm. right? People join in with your suffering. Like, me too. Oh, nobody likes a happy person. Oh, yep. Okay, very few people like a happy person. In fact, people often say when someone's too happy, oh, she's annoying. Yep. He's right. annoying, right? But what's annoying is that you're not suffering with them. Yep. You were going to say? I was. I was going to say 
Suffering is the illusion of passivity, right? Exactly. Because you, on the one hand, you're, you're playing this experience through, right? So you are doing something, but in your, okay, or maybe in my suffering narratives, um, I'm very passive, and lots of bad stuff happens to me, and I didn't do anything, and everybody's, you know. So there's, a, there's an illusion of... Uh, being a victim to life. Of being passive, too, of, of mm-hmm. it being something that somehow was inflicted on you and it just keeps happening. Oh, like you played no part in it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and what was me? Despite the fact that you're playing this narrative for yourself. So, there. I mean, you're... you're I mean, we all have our little stories, right? That, that whatever the fuck it is for you, um, that we, we play back to ourselves and it, we hide from ourselves the fact that we're playing it mm-hmm. for ourselves. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, is it an inter-suffering inter- in silence? When a person does not appear to be suffering? Yeah, they're still suffering because their mind is still playing that same old storyline. So there is no silence. Silence doesn't suffer. Okay, but they're not getting the benefits, I guess, of the people that are, let's say, for attention. They are getting the benefits because they get to play the victim in their mind about their life. I was going to say, what's that thing where people like hit themselves with the... Yeah, self-flagellation. Yeah, so it's like, that's their play. Yeah, and they get where their reward lies is that they get in their mind to comfort themselves by being the victim. And they're suffering correctly, right, if they're silent. Where you're supposed to suffer nobly, though. There's this whole idea that if you suffer silently, you're doing it better somehow, so then you get to feel good about it. Yeah. yeah. So it strengthens your pride in yourself. You're like, I'm better than you because I'm not complaining about my suffering. Exactly. And the suffering comes from the story that you tell yourself with it because guess what? So I had a story, I forget, I told somebody about maybe sometime getting beat as a kid or whatever, right? And they were like, oh my God, that must have been so traumatic for you, Papa. No, it wasn't. It was great, actually, because I learned what the fuck to do and what the fuck not to do, okay? And did I experience pain from the beating? Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and maybe not as much as she wanted me to, because I was definitely a good person to be like, ah! Right? <laughs> Times 10 <laughs> on a little tap. Right? But, but at the same time, like, I didn't experience it as a trauma. It wasn't something that was, I carried with me. The point of the story was, in that case, was like, you know, my grandmother didn't put up with certain shit. Okay? And that actually helped me. Right, but that person interpreted that story as a trauma story. For now, if that had happened to both of us, and it does happen, where like there's three brothers or sisters, all of them get beat for the same reason at the same time, and for one of them, it becomes something that they carry with them, and they as a trauma, as abuse, as whatever, and there's others that they don't even remember the event. Right? They don't even remember it ever even happened. And it's not because I'm suppressing it to forget it. It's because it wasn't significant enough to basically, like, leave a mark. So let me ask you this. Do you feel like, like how you were talking about you getting a whooping, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the other person 
can want to make you suffer and you, then get unsatisfied when you don't suffer. Yeah, <laughs> because and that makes them even more violent. Okay. Right? A lot of times. Like, if they want to make you suffer and you're not suffering, there's lots of people that want to make other people suffer. And there's lots of people that want to make other people suffer just because, let's say, they're doing well. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I heard, like, at one time, right, I don't follow all those sports and crap like that. But, like, I know Tom Brady, and he was a winner, 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 chicken Mm -hmm. dinner. Okay? (laughs) And then on the net, there was a time where another game was coming, and I started hearing all these people like, oh, I hope they lose because I'm so tired of him winning. Wow. Okay, and he did end up losing, yeah. but the the point is like they were just mad because he wasn't suffering mm-hmm. from being quote unquote a loser. Okay, and so just because he was doing well, they wanted to inflict suffering upon him. Mm. Why is it so scary for people to choose their own life? Because I feel like a lot of people stay in victimhood so that they don't have to empowered to make their own choices. Why? Because you can make mistakes. Mm -hmm. Life is a risky business. The whole thing is a big risk. Mm -hmm. You've been risking it from the day you popped out the pussy, as my grandmother would say. Mm -hmm. Okay? You popped out risking it. Right? That cord could have choked you. Anything could have happened. So the whole thing is a risk. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, if you get out of that space... Now you're responsible for what happens to you. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there's a story that goes like basically like this. There's a bunch of lambs. They're making fun of the lion because the lion is not getting fed. Okay? And they're like, ha-ha, nobody takes care of you, nobody feeds you, etc. And the lion's like, okay. Okay. But... Because no one feeds or takes care of the lion, there's nights the lion goes hungry. There's nights the lion doesn't have shelter. There's people trying to attack the lion. The lambs, they have, or sheep, they have their farmer to protect them. They have the fence and the gate and the coziness to protect them. Right? The difference is, so the lion pays for his freedom. He has to take care of himself. The lion pays for his freedom. He may not eat. He may not have shelter. He may end up sleeping in the rain. Poachers might come after him. People might come out to kill him. However, the lion can jump in at any time and steal a sheep and eat that bitch. And the sheep can't get out. If the farmer dies and the sheep are still in the cage and no one comes to save them, they die. Freedom comes at a cost. Mm-hmm. No one wants to pay the cost. Mm-hmm. Because the cost means a risk. And that risk is grand. Right? So then, instead people will stay in entrapment. And look at others that do take the risks as, oh my gosh. Crazy. Behavior, they're crazy. Or jealous. Sporadic, they're erratic. Because like, if they took the risk and they're happy, well shit. Something must be wrong with them. Like, because I'm not willing to take the risk. Yeah. So there's something obviously wrong with them. Because me and my other friends are not willing to take the risk. Yes. They can't actually be happy. We're the sheep. Yeah. And people like to be like... Yeah. Ye
because you don't have to work as hard. Mm-hmm. You don't have to try as much. There, you have a safety net, mm-hmm. right? When you don't go by that book, you no longer have a safety net. You may offend people. People will be offended that you're not suffering. Those people would no longer be willing to help you. Oh, she can do everything. She can do everything by herself. Da, 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 da. That's why. Who gets the least help in the world? Happy people. Yeah, they feel like you're handling everything mm-hmm. perfectly. You don't need no help. You don't need no help. And if you're the type of person that can always figure something out and handle something, then that means when it comes time that something comes up, everyone just looks at you. <laughs> Right? Or or if it's your situation, they're like, Oh, they can handle it. They don't need no help. Da 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 da. That's part of that's part of the things you lose. That's part of the sacrifices that come with not keeping your suffering story. Not keeping your victim with No one saves a hero, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, like they like think about you. Yeah. No, you don't even cross their mind. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they need help. Mhm. When you need when they need your help, you cross exactly. Yeah. And who wants to listen to you? No, no one. Yeah. What do you need to be listened to? You got it. Yeah. So it's kind of a lonely road. Of course it's a lonely road. Well, doesn't it cut you off from like if some people I don't know, to me, like, that can cut you off from, like, love, in a sense, or, like, you know, I don't know. No. Sometimes people feel, that's how some people make connections, too. Well, like, a sense of belonging, because they all need each other. Commiserate. Yeah, commiserate. Yeah, like that. Like, letting people, like, love you. Yeah, it does, it can cut you off from certain people, but really, do you want a person that you can just be miserable with? Mm Mm-mm. Is what that if they the didn't goal? Want misery, huh? What if they didn't want misery? If it if they didn't want misery, yeah. meaning the other partner yeah. doesn't want misery, yeah. then he's willing to make the sacrifices. And then it comes they, at a cost. And then they'd be just as like kinda independent as well. Yeah, and then you can have two independent people that come together. That versus to codependence, right? Mm-hmm. You have two independent people that are strong people that come together. Yeah, kind of like how I was talking about the superhero villain thing. That's Why you think they never, like, have, like, a significant other? Because they are so freaking independent. Like, a villain doesn't need a significant other because they know what the heck they do. And even if everybody hates them, they're still they're the villain. And the superhero is out saving everybody that thinks that they're um, in need of help, like the farmer, story, shepherd. But they're by themselves. Because who's going to save the hero? Who's going to save the villain? Nobody. You know what I mean? The people that gave the superhero don't understand why they have to save everybody. Versus a villain could keep a person because they all want to take over the world. They have that, um, you know, they want to take over. They want money. They want power. They want those things. So I see a villain having a safety more so than the person that is the hero. But does a villain suffer? You know what I'm saying? Like neither. Of course, the villain suffers, <laughs> right? But he only suffers if he believes, or he his knowing mm-hmm. his knowing is that 
that story that he tells himself is the truth. Oh, versus yep. his knowing is that he has pain and he has he goes through some painful shit, yeah, but that's not a yeah, suffering. Yeah. Suffering is when you carry that shit forward. Gotcha. Mm. That's dope. The sheep are afraid, and that's part of why they make fun of the lion. And of the course, is afraid. It's fear. And the the you know the whole the gates are for fear and the all of this stuff is for fear. The sheep might wake up and the farmer's going to lose them. They don't get up and walk away because who wants to be caged in? Well, that's why the cage, right? For fear of the... That's why the sheep come back to the cage. Because they're scared of not being taken care of. There's something kind in suffering, or in pain, at least, in my opinion. There's something kind in... So, I have a corporate job. And we have these these culture things, and the last culture thing we were talking about, people's fears, right? And, and so everybody's like, oh, my God, the fear of public speaking. Oh, it's, it's the worst. Oh, I can never do this. What about the implications on my career? And I'm sitting there thinking, wow, I am not scaled for this conversation. Like, there's just, because I'm not thinking about the fear of public speaking. And you have all these people for whom that is their major fear. That is the big one for them. Okay. Like public speaking or, or something that I would consider small. And the reason I would consider it small is because the, the scale on which I weigh the experience of pain, um, public speaking is... <laughs> Nothing. It's right. not even on the it's scale. It's like, you know, over <laughs> there somewhere. And I'm thinking there's something... I, at moments like that, I almost feel as if the painful things that have happened to me are almost a kindness. Because when I... They are. Okay. Well, when I am faced by things that other people are afraid of mm. and often are making fun of me for the way that I react to or, you know, uh, whether it's, I, I hate to bring up relationships, but, you know, I, I'm not married and I've reached that age where people have some comments on that kind of thing or some of the other things that I don't have in part because I did not want to be miserable with somebody. Um, they don't bother me as much because I have, uh, my experiences have led me to believe that these things are minor. I am not afraid of that. And I, I wonder how much of what we're talking about here is, is really that kind of, um, and I'm not saying that sometimes people who've had bad things to them are not also afraid. I am saying that I have cause to look on my own experiences with that and be grateful. Yeah, because here's the thing. It's called three in the morning. Three in the morning means like this. Pain will happen. Okay? You can choose to take the pain when you're a child and young. Or to take it later on in life. If you take it when you're young, then later on in life, pain can't happen to you. For example, I'll give you an example. And this is mainly in this culture, right? In this culture, if you're sleeping in a house and there's one bed and there's two adults and one child, where do many people in this culture sleep? Should the child sleep on the bed or should the child sleep on the floor? Mm. A lot of people here are going to put the child in the bed and they're going to sleep on the floor. They're thinking they're doing the child a service. They are doing the child a disservice. 
because you can't appreciate a bed if you've never slept on the floor. You can't appreciate good things if you've never had enough bad things. And if you haven't had enough bad things, then little things appear to be big things. So those painful experiences and those pre-sufferings build strength and they build character and they build compassion. Compassion is suffering with someone but not taking the suffering from them, not su- taking it on to yourself and not flipping it. It means I can suffer with you and I can be empathetic to that and sympathetic to that, but I'm not taking it from you. So let me ask you a question. So in your example, the, the child that sleeps in the bed but not the floor. So if they get older, if something should happen, something you know, bad happens, right, that they have to sleep on the floor. Now they're suffering. Now they're suffering because now they're tortured. That's right. why we call it three in the morning. Gotcha. Three in the morning means do you eat like a king for breakfast and a pauper for dinner? Mm-hmm. Or do you eat like a pauper for breakfast and a king for dinner? Mm-hmm. Okay, it means early on in life, mm-hmm, do you eat super well? Because if you eat too good, guess what? If you grew up mm-hmm. on fuck, uh, a trust fund baby, right? Mm-hmm. What yep. people call that, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if you grew up on lobster, um, fucking this, that, caviar. like, caviar, <laughs> all these beautiful things, all these beautiful clothes, a big, huge experiences in order to, like, keep you um, entertained. If you have all those things, right? And then suddenly, trust funds out. Daddy's dead. Mm-hmm. Mama's gone. She fucking a new boo. He steals all y'all money. Okay? <laughs> then what's going ha- to happen? You're going to experience suffering. Because all of a sudden, now you're homeless. Yep. Not or or now you gotta eat out out the trash. Yeah. Or yeah. Or even God forbid, like you said, now McDonald's to you, you're too good for McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're too good for like two dollar rice. Right. And so now you experience that as a suffering, but it's not a suffering. Mm, it's a blessing. Actually. Okay. But eat? it's because you ate too well before. Mm-hmm. So if you've never starved before, you don't appreciate food. Yeah. And so. It's these things. Mm. People that have never starved are the ones who throw away the most food. Yep. Do you do you think that I see platters of food laying around in Haiti and DR just tossed around? No. Nah. Do you, yeah, exactly. That month. Let, let me tell you. <laughs> tell, let me that. tell you. When you go to Haiti, you come to me. Okay? I could love you to death. You could be my own kid. Okay? And you say to me, hey, Papa, you got a scissors? Can I get that scissors? I'm like, yep, you can get the scissors. Here you go. Guess what? As long as you have that fucking scissors in your hand, I'm watching your ass. <laughs> okay? And if an hour or two goes by, I'm like, where's my scissors, bro? Mm-hmm. And you're like, I'm still using it. I'm like, bro, like, what do you need it for two hours? Like, you don't have it for two hours. Give me my damn scissors. Okay, or yeah. do what you got to do so you, I can go ahead and move on with my life and take my scissors back. Why do you appreciate a scissors? Because the scissors is expensive as hell. Right. 
shit, it's more expensive to buy a scissors there than it is to buy a scissors here. I can go to a dollar store and buy a pair of scissors here. I can't get no dollar, no, no dollar pair it over in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Okay, same thing like with a mirror. Even people got a piece of a mirror, broken mirror. But that piece is nice and big. You might want to come borrow it. I'm like, okay, you can borrow it. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my mirror? Right. right? So if you've always had a mirror, if you've always had running water, right. he, will, he who always had running water who never went ahead and was like, oh shit, guess what? Ain't no water today, period, point blank, amen. The only water I'm going to get access to is clean drinking water that I have to purchase every time I have to drink. But there's no water in the house. So I don't have water to wash my ass, wash my dishes, nothing. Okay? If you, that's never happened to you, then guess what? You turn on the shower. You leave that shit running. You go, you get distracted. You go through your hair. Da, 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 and that shit's still running. Okay? An hour later, you, go, you get in the water. And I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Right? I, t- I took someone to, to DR with me. Right? In DR, you need ice, baby. You buy ice. You, you don't have 24-7 electric in every house that you just got ice be making and da-da-da-da. You got to buy yourself a chunk of ice. You got to walk down the store and go get it, etc. You need drinking water, you buy yourself a big-ass thing of drinking water. Yep. Right? We brought someone with us. Never lived that life. <laughs> so, one day... People come to me like it's some crazy shit that just happened. And to all of us, we're not, to all of y'all, y'all is going to be like, yeah, you get it because I'm explaining the background. But in your normal consciousness, if you would have seen that done, you wouldn't have thought of it twice. Mm -hmm. She had about two inches of water in her cup and a big old piece of ice. She decided she was finished drinking. So what did she do? Toss that shit in the yard. (laughs) And everyone came to me. Papa, 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 papa. What is she doing? Oh my gosh, she threw out the water. She threw out the ice. Exactly. Or she could have put it back in the fridge because the fridge will hold it to it as cold as it can, even if there's no power. Okay. And then later on, she's going to be thirsty and pour some more water in it and drink the rest. But she don't think about that. Because that's a given where she's from. Mm. I don't think the lambs understand the lion at all. They can't understand the lion. Because the lion, does the lion have the fear that the lambs have? Mm-mm. He does. Mm. He conquers the fear. The fear doesn't conquer him. No. Okay. The, the, in fact, the lion may have times where he has more fear than the lamb. More, more to risk. Yeah, that lion might be... Because lions aren't taken care of. Even by, like, their parents. They're only taken care of to a certain age. And it's kind of like the equivalent of us, like, being like, here, here's a toddler, like, let him go. Okay? So, he might be scared of all kinds of shit he hears in that woods. He might be scared of all kinds of things. So, he might actually have moments where he experienced fear on a ten times level of what the lambs will ever experience. But, he's... He's like, hey, my freedom is worth it. I got to keep going. He's exposed to the elements. But okay. it's like what Anaisa said today, which is like, none of us are safe. 
life's the risky game. Exactly. So the sheep have the illusion of safety, but it's merely that. Yeah, because guess what the sheep are being fattened up for? Right? To feed the farmer and to feed the lion and everybody else. Because at any moment, the lion can jump in there. He's like, I'm hungry. He can jump in and he could jump out. Right? And they're there for that purpose. Right? The, the farmer's not just doing it just because. They're getting fattened up. And so, of course, they're making fun of the lion because, hey, there's nights where they ate all day and the lion's over there hungry as hell. And maybe he, he don't even got the strength to jump in there to go ahead and get one. So they're, they're thinking we're better off than you. We're better off than you. We're better off than you. It's similar to what we were having a slight different discussion, but related. Like in a sense of we were saying like generally, and this is probably true of all, all people here. We were the weirdos in, in, in younger life, Absolutely. right? Weirdos, <laughs> right. So, but I've seen the people who quote unquote weren't weirdos. Right? And how they live. And they don't live. They don't That's live the all. point. So they don't live. They live the life of fear. They live a nice little safe, comfortable existence which they're unhappy with. Right? Mm-hmm. But it's comfortable. Yeah. It's safe. Or so I think. <laughs> or so right? They think. Or so they think. Exactly. Yes. And then right? every time someone dies in their family, they're shocked. And yeah. every time someone loses a job, they're shocked. And every Every time they can't the be world right, is they're shocked. Like, they yeah, exactly. It, like, they, they think that they're comfortable and safe, right? But here, recently, for example, we had all these <coughs> fires. All those people thought they were safe. Mm-hmm. All those fires. He had a fire. Right. And all those people whose house burned down, they thought they were safe. They thought that they had everything and, like, nothing could happen to them. Right? And like you said, every time somebody dies, it's like, oh my God, somebody died. Guess what? People are born and then they die. So, question. Do you think that people who refuse to suffer have a better survival instinct? Because it's like you gotta, you got to keep yourself okay at all costs, no matter what. Like, nobody's taking care of you. You have to. Okay. You have to. You develop it. Right? And you, there's no option for you. So like nobody lion, else like is going to come save the me. day. Like those houses that burn down, like people who choose not to suffer, like, okay, this was material moving on. Yeah. And people that are, who are hardwired to suffer, it's like, oh my God, what am I going to do next? So I'll give you an, a, a, a short story, right? Okay. So I used to live next to these babalaos. Mm-hmm. They used to do this very wise sarcasm note thing. <laughs> They used to light candles in front of this scarecrow that they put a spirit in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why that sounds funny. Children okay. in the corner. We're just talking yeah. about <laughs> And they were way older than me. They're like a 50-year-old dude and his wife or whatever. Okay. One night, the shit lights up on fire. Dude. As We live in townhouses. <laughs> Row houses. So we're the next door neighbor. So our house starts to burn down too. Mm. Okay. Later on, of course, because I'm the evil and wicked Hungan Hector, (laughs) I did it. But, Uh but that's neither here nor there. So the houses proceeded to burn down, whatever. Mm -hmm. All right. We all got out safe. 
um, it wouldn't pass the altar past our house, mm. right? So, of course, the news is out there. There They come, they want to interview us. All my neighbors, oh my God, oh my God, right? And, of course, me being me, I'm sitting there laughing and laughing. And they're like, well, do you, let's speak with you. How do you feel? I'm like, I've never seen a whole building burned down before. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, this, like, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. I didn't suffer. Okay? I, I thought it was funny as hell. He was straight. I wouldn't lose uh, <laughs> Yeah, you could feel the heat. You could hear things exploding. It was just like one what of the large, largest fire I ever saw, right? And I'm like, oh, wow, this is more like, this kind of like petrols and stuff like that, right? So I'm all with it, right? And I'm laughing throughout the interview. I'm like, they're like, well, what are you going to do now? I'm like, I'm going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Everybody got out of my house fine, so we're good. They're like, well, are you thinking about where you're going to live? No, bitch, I'm looking at a burning building. Are you, are you ruining my experience right now? Okay? Like, why do you want to take this away from me? Okay? Um, so I'm like, no, not really. Like right now I'm looking at this burning building, (laughs) right? So of course me and me and mama, we didn't make the news. Oh, wow. They're like, we can't use this. No, they cut us out. They cut us out, right? Like two or three neighbors Mm -hmm. made the news, but they cut our section out, right? And did I suffer? No, I didn't. Because guess what? I've been homeless, darling. A little house burning down. That doesn't mean anything right, to me. Right. Okay. So what's that mean? It's not even winter time. Okay. I, when I was homeless, I ended up homeless in the, in the middle of a snowstorm in the winter at 15. So, baby, this ain't nothing. <laughs> all right. We going to handle this. Okay. I got a car. We can live in a car if it needs to be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We'll figure it out from here. Right, but I'm not gonna sit here boohooing and suffering because of it right now, okay. Instead of bringing myself to like all of that, I brought myself to like, what am I gaining that I haven't gained before? The experience of a burning building, right? Okay, and I'm pyromaniacal enough (laughs) to appreciate such things, okay. Love fire, so I love it enough, and it was unlikely. That I would get to watch like eight, nine houses all burn. Mm. All right? So, what's the point? What happened? All that boohooing, da 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 da. A lot, all, that, all their stuff got ruined stuff. Our house, what ruined the stuff inside our house was the firefighters had to spray everything with water to make sure the fire didn't come over and consume it. We let it dry out, took it out the house, mm-hmm. kept it pushing. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, that. And even the firefighters were respectful. And they came, they saw the altar in there. They came and they're like, I know the chief came to me and he was like, I know you got, I know, is that Santeria? That's not Santeria because I know Santeria. I used to work in Camden. Mm-hmm. He's like, so that's not Santeria. What do you do? I'm like, I practice voodoo. Because fuck it, right now. Not only that, can you move to the left? Um, right? And, and he's like, well, what do we do? I'm like, do whatever you have to do. It's just stuff. Like, if you got to b- break it, whatever, I don't give a damn what you do. 
mm-hmm. right? Like, just put water all over it. That's what you're doing. And he's like, okay, I just want to be respectful because, like, I want to leave here, end up no car accident or no shit. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And I was like, nah, they understand what's going on. Like, they're older than you. Do what you do. Okay? And he went, and they sprayed it down very respectfully. Mm-hmm. Very respectfully that, in fact, none of, nothing in my altar was destroyed. Okay, and in my house, none of my friends, the only thing that ruined things was water. And it wasn't ruined, right? But it's, do you want to choose the path of suffering? Exactly, and that chief didn't want to choose the path of suffering. No, and I'm not going to. And like where we're saying with the 3 a.m. in the morning, right? Had I been a person who lived the life of a king before, that would have tore me apart. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But it didn't because it's like, what's that? Like, that's nothing. Yeah. And I can have compassion for someone who is suffering because they think that's something. Mm-hmm. Right? I can understand. I can empathize with your pain. I feel bad for you, not for me, baby. And I don't feel bad, actually. Mm. I feel fine. Right? But I can't understand the pain you're going through. Right? And from there, like, we can't both, like, they shouldn't all suffer. Yeah. So, like, if you want to choose that that stuff is that important for you to boo-hoo over it in the midst of fire, well, do you, baby. We good. Yeah. You know, I can't save everyone. Yep. Everyone ain't meant to be saved. I understand. And everybody don't want to be saved even though they say they do. At all. It's that save me illusion. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so that's why, like, the pain is real. That's factual. Like, you do go through pain. You do go through discomfort. You do go through sensations and things you may not want to go through. That's true. That's real. It's when you hold on to it and you want to keep building and living off of it that it becomes suffering. So, follow-up question. Do you see bitterness the same as suffering? Because, like... Bitterness, I think, is a result of being basically ungrateful bitch. Like some people Which like, is a result uh-huh. of suffering. Okay, yeah. So some people right? like, because, I'm so mad because I've been suffering for so long. Yeah, because you think you've been suffering. Mm-hmm. But if any moment, right, if you feel like you're suffering even right now, and I'm like, look inside. Right this fucking second you're suffering, really? Really? <laughs> this second. Not five minutes from now, not from the past. This second. Are you suffering? The truth is no. And then you carry that to the next second, the next second, the next second, the next second, the next second. Then you see the ridiculousness. Mm -hmm. So is there unconscious suffering? All all suffering is unconscious. Um, no. Hold on, that goes to piggyback. Remember my question before about being numb? Yeah. Okay, so you said numbness is still a feeling. It is. As confirmed by the law. So I'm trying to um, get the whole thing. But don't some people choose to suffer though? Um, no, they don't choose to suffer. They, they suffer as a result of not doing the work. There's only one solution. The solution is the work. Everybody always asks me, what's the solution? The work. Mm-hmm. There is no other solution. They have no choice but to suffer. You assume that they have choice. Mm, gotcha. Having choice requires consciousness. You only have as much choice as, in the same degree as the consciousness you have. You're, 
your amount of free choice is directly related to how, how, what degree of consciousness you have. So they don't cho- they choose and yet not choose to suffer. Mm-hmm. They choose because they choose not to apply themselves to doing whatever the work is to get better. To get exactly, yeah. but they don't choose because until they do that, they actually don't have the power to choose or not choose. Mm-hmm. Right. It just kind of becomes like a wave that takes them over. Yeah. They are not, at that time, bigger than the suffering. Suffering is bigger than them. True. It's not as if it's suppressed or if it's numbness, all of the above. All of it. Because all suffering comes from what's already deep in the unconscious that surfaces and rises up. And the unconscious is programmed. And it may be. Because the experiences fall down via gravity into the unconscious where they take root. And then what you end up seeing is the tree. So then you see it in the subconscious and then the conscious. Is this going to sound like a weird question, but programmed in this life? Like through life experience or programmed even before? Both. Both, right? It's programmed primarily in this life. However, some people do come in with stuff that's already in there, right? You can usually tell when they're small children, actually. When they're... Two, three, four, five, you can see it, right? They come in already as suffering souls. They're already suffering. Even when, when there's no, and what I'm saying is, children of two, three, four, five who aren't being abused, traumatized, or neglected. Okay, because of course, those who are being traumatized, abused, and neglected, they're being imprinted now, right? But there's children who do come out as sad, depressed, children from day one. I forget which, um, I think it was like one of those bomber people that was killed, the Unabomber or one of those people. I don't remember names very well. The only famous people are people that are in my factual life. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Otherwise, it doesn't equate fame. Um, So, but it was one of those people that does the bombs. Mm -hmm. I think it was the Unabomber, right? But what they said was, like, when he was, like, two years old or three years old, they noticed he always seemed depressed and suffering. Even when, like, everything was good around him, he had a normal childhood. His brother came out totally, like, fine. But they said, like, he was always, like, this depressive soul from the time he was born. Okay, and but they are the exception to the rule. Everybody else usually encounters something before that switch gets switched over. But they are the exception to the rule. And you don't have to work through it all. 
So everything doesn't have to be cleared in order for you to surpass suffering. You can rise above suffering without resolving everything in your unconscious. So can you choose, cause like, we were just talking about the uniform, and he was always a mean, ornery, hating on everything dude, right? Yep. Always suffering. So at what point would you say somebody like that would, would recognize that, hey, I'm a miserable person? Does it take the village to tell them that? Is it something in their conscience? Like, what, what makes that snap for them to realize, like, hey, I'm just miserable as hell? He never realized it. He never realized it. What, what it... Though. Yeah, so what it takes is, it takes humility. Gotcha. Oh, and then which, you get that. Uh, yeah, he didn't have that. He yeah. had pr- too much pride. Yeah. Is that why, like, if you go through suffering, it can it can give you the humility you need to mm-hmm. be like, I give up. I'm I'm like I'm tired of it. I'm at yeah. rock bottom or whatever. Exactly. You. You cannot. You can be, humility. But you cannot be humble. A person who is humble acts humble. A person who is truly humble does not even know they're being humble. Okay, gotcha. If you can recognize the humbleness, mm, then you're not. Then you, or you're doing it to be humble, you're not humble. Because okay. even that act mm-hmm. will boost your pride. Look how humble I am. Mm. Okay? But the only time you can see that you've actually been humble is after. After an event, you can look back and be like, oh, in that moment, that was a f- I was being humble or like I was humility. I weathered the storm and I stuck it out. And- Not even that. It's very simple. It's that humble doesn't know it's humble. Gotcha. It's not an act. Mm-hmm. You just do it. And then later on, you might realize that other people consider your act humble. Gotcha. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. What, consider what you did humble. So then you're like, oh, yeah, shit. That is kind of humble. <laughs> but, but in the moment when you, you were doing it, right. you weren't doing it because you were humble. That's just how you are. Exactly. You are being authentic. Yeah, being your real self. So if you have like Langba and like say you get more like suffering lessons or whatever, um, wouldn't, or it seems like, now that we're talking about pride, that like maybe bringing, being like, happy or like out of that suffering all the time almost like strengthens pride or like can throw that balance off like what's what's like a balance for someone who's like maybe more prone more because they're learning lessons or like you know there's a process that maybe they need to go through but like having it like really successful or really good all the time that can like create more of that pride it can but see how you balance that out is don't be proud of what you have. Be proud of who you are. Yeah. And who you are has nothing to do with what you've had or achieved. Yeah. Pride can be proper too. There is such a thing. Most people think 
it's confidence. Some people think when a person seems proud of themselves that they're arrogant, but that's just people's filters, right? To be properly prideful is to be like, no matter what, bitch, I'm me. No matter what I have, I could have a mansion or I could sleep on the floor. That doesn't mean I'm higher or lower. When you have higher and you have lower, you have pride and humility. When no higher exists and no lower exists for you, there is no such thing. You're like, I am me. And I am me, not that I'm better than anyone, because I'm not higher. Not that I'm lower than anyone, because I'm not worse. I just am. I just am me. Nothing else. With or without titles or this or this or that. That doesn't make me me. When a person is made up of what they have, that's where it becomes pride and arrogance. Right? They're like, well, I'm well read. I have like six master's degrees. Da 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 da. That holds no value. Tons of people have six master's degrees. I'm sure. Okay? Now, if you're like, I am me. And I'm proud just for myself, for my being. That's different. Because your master's degrees doesn't describe who you are. No, because master's degrees automatically, it tells... What you're saying is, (laughs) there's someone who has less master's degrees than me, so they're not as good as me. Mm -hmm. Right? So now you're comparing stuff. Whereas, if you're just proud to be you, somebody else can have 20 master's degrees and you're like, yeah, that's good. It doesn't take you're, you're, It me. doesn't, I don't feel dumber because you have 20 master's right. degrees. I'm happy for you. Right, congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm not looking for one. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, the balance is not having higher and lower. Transcending higher and lower. Going back to the lion... Like, the lion's just being itself. It's surviving. It's in its true nature. It's ravenous. It's proud. It's doing all the things that are a lion. But then, taking the analogy back to humans, because we were talking about, like, let's say the he would be 1% of people who, have, who make the choice to live. Yep. As opposed to just be victims and follow. Like, so how does that translate to humans? Because a lion's just being a lion. It's just being in its true nature. Crazy. And then, like, when it comes to humans, like, so if you're just being in your true nature, you're not going to be, like, future planning, like, this is how I'm going to be. Nope. In three years. There's no plans. To have choice. No. Life is risk. There is no plans. The plan is life. Living it. Just living it. That's the plan. A lot of people we, I spoke about in a, some podcast ago, a common question I had, have from people is like, Papa, did you ever plan your life? Did you plan your life to be this way? Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. I made no plans. Mm -hmm. Plans, of course, for practicality, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I got a plan for how I'm going to pay my rent or how I'm going to feed myself. Mm -hmm. But other than, like, taking care of practicality, life was lifing and I followed its course. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have no plans. Mm -hmm. I didn't plan to be this or to be this or to be that. Mm -hmm. Life showed me the way. The spirit showed me the way. So then when it comes to the Lawa, like if they, if we approach them with a list of things we want, 
then like how does that you're not ready you're not ready you're not ready for the risk because this is what you want because if you were you wouldn't even come no with a list you know why my only request forever was teach me about you show me your mystery let me be able to like know you let me get to know you right and let me be integrated with you let there be no me let it just be you okay let's melt together and then you will show me and I don't need to figure things out. That's the beauty of voodoo, right? Is in everywhere else, you have to figure shit out. I don't figure out shit. If I don't know the answer to a problem, guess what I do? I ignore that shit. The spirits will give me the answer when I need it. Mm-hmm. I will know when it's needed. I don't plan what I say to y'all. I can't. I have a hard time teaching a class without someone before me. Why? Because how can I talk to the air? The air can't. <laughs> there's no energy for me to respond with, right? So because my words aren't pre-planned, I've never planned a lesson. I've never planned a class. I've never planned a workshop. I plan what people need to know in order to come, right? But everything, my whole life, is off the cuff. (laughs) It's off the cuff. And for someone else, that may appear erratic. But am I erratic? In fact, I can promise you, I've been probably one of the most consistent people in all y'all lives. (laughs) As far as not only who I am, how I treat you, how I deal with you, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? And I'm not erratic because my consistency is being me. You can't fake okay? being you. No, it's not an act. no. And so that's it. That's my consistency. I just be me. And what comes, comes. What doesn't, doesn't. I'll figure it out when I get there. And I won't even figure it out like I told you. Mm-hmm. They'll show me. And when I'm shown, then I move. And that doesn't mean that when I'm not shown, I don't move. Because guess what? I understand it's all a risk. Mm -hmm. So I'll move with or without the showing. And guess what happens? Maybe if I move sometimes without the showing, maybe I fall into a ditch. But guess what? I get back up. Like my mother says, I have this curse. I have like nine lives and nothing will get rid of me. (laughs) Okay? That's right. Nothing ever will. Why? Because I'm not my body. I'm my spirit. Right? So you can hurt my body, but you can't hurt me. And there's a big difference. You can hurt somebody's mind, but you can't hurt me. You can hurt my mind, but you can't hurt me. But you can't even hurt my mind because I've gone mindless. I have none. There's nothing there to hurt. See, so he says that people be like, oh, he kind of, but that's the same thing Jesus did. Jesus was like, I'm good. Yeah, no. I let it go. Yeah, and you just go. Yeah. You just go. Like, whatever my father says, I'm good. Yeah. Just and like, you just like, praise his hell, Jesus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to other people, right. that's going to look inconsistent. Right, but it's totally But it's not inconsistent. Yep. It's consistent with being who you are. Yeah. 
And he didn't suffer even in his suffering. No. no. He didn't suffer in his crucifixion. No. Nope. So we're just at about time there because, you know, they cut us off. So, <laughs> as always, subscribe, like, comment, follow, subscribe, Apple, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, or your favorite podcast app. This is all of us here at Spiritual Table Talk. Keep the faith. Share if you care or dare. I mean, hmm. Anyway, many <laughs> blessings, many blessings. We'll see you guys next week.